0: While some resources have been freed up since the restrictions, people would expect them to go towards improving services for local women. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
1: Good morning, three minutes after eight o'clock. This is Money for Nothing. I'm Brian Curtis. Twitter's stock sinks to its lowest level since its IPO, even though it beats analyst expectations. It's another case of a growth stock that's simply not growing fast enough to justify valuations. So we'll talk a little bit about that this morning. Also in the headlines, and there is so much today, so fasten your seatbelts. Mainland pork producer Shanghai International scraps its IPO bad market conditions that was meant to be one of the big ipos here in hong kong french firm alstom accepts ge's takeover offer as Siemens stands to the side saying what about me the nba bars la clippers owner donald sterling for life for allegedly making racist comments and growth at icbc slows but the big bank does beat expectations and announces profit of some 92 billion hong kong dollars in the latest quarter yes you did hear that right 92 billion was the profit in a quarter And it also announces the purchase of a Turkish bank A lot more too Jones Lang LaSalle says that Hong Kong home prices Could drop 30% in the next two years I'm not sure really if that's news But it is interesting So, your morning business tease this morning Presented by Money for Nothing Are we languishing in a state of
2: secular stagnation? There are two interpretations of it One, I'm not convinced, that says that Technological innovation is now slowing down, and that's a source of slow potential growth. That's
1: Doctor Doom, Professor Noriel Rabini. In the second tease, he says there's a whole lot of technological innovation. Now, I must say, he speaks very quickly, and of course, he has a strong accent, and the quality is not that great.
2: But see how much you can catch. ET, energy technology, like shale gas and oil, Uh, BT, biotech, with all the things that are occurring, stem cells research in therapy, neuroscience, biomedical research, IT, Web 2.0, 3.0, big data, social media, MT, new manufacturing technologies like nanotechnology, robotic automation, or even DT, in a world in which there are geopolitical conflicts now, there are weapon system defense technologies that are high-tech like drones, so there's a huge amount of technological innovation...
1: Is it news? Well, perhaps not, but it is interesting. And I'll get to some of that in a discussion with Stuart Aldcroft in, uh, in just a minute. We'll hear more from Dr. Doom later. And also this one, Haji Ming from Goldman Sachs. I think there are a lot of uncertainties around the Chinese economy, but one thing that is pretty much sure is that the economy is slowing. Uh, GDP growth is 7.4 percent, and this is the slowest in the recent years. So that is one of the things that we're grappling with. The Chinese economy is definitely slowing. In our featured segments this morning, China's anti-corruption drive and other reform developments with Wei Yao at Sokjen. We'll also be speaking with the South China Morning Post, Denise Zhang, about how mainland companies are embracing a high-quality ethos to try to stay competitive, meaning they are making a lot better goods now than they ever have before. And Stuart Aldcroft of City Investor Services, as I mentioned, will be with us tomorrow mind some of the latest market trends, including the sharp sell-off in Macau gaming shares. Here's what markets are doing now. We got a good feed-in from Wall Street where it was higher. Uh, the Nikkei is up 114 points, eight-tenths of a percent at 14,402. Australia is up about two-tenths of one percent. And in Seoul, the Kospi is up half a percent. The dollar-yen, 102.56, so that's the dollar a little bit weaker against the yen. And the euro is trading at 1.381 U.S. dollars a lot lot more on all of that uh, in uh, in just a minute. Um, let's get to some of the news flow that we've been working on uh, this morning. And there really is so much of it. Twitter stock ripped by as much as 11% in after hours trade. Investors, uh, meaning the algorithms, uh, were disappointed at slowing user growth. The company beat on the top and bottom lines. It said users increased 25%, but that was down from 30%. So, again, investors not too happy. Sales more than doubled to $250 million. Profit was zero, but estimates were for a loss of three cents. So even though the stock beat, it got slammed. And uh, overall, stocks had been higher during the regular session. And actually, Internet stocks did rally for the first time in five days. The S&P 500 up 0.5% at 1878. The Dow up 86 points at 16,535. The Nasdaq moving up
2: 0.7%. Back now to Noriel Rubini on Slow Growth. I think that what's happening probably in terms of secular stagnation is that we have now, as uh, pointed out by Ken and others, the aftermath of a... Uh, balance sheet crisis, when there was too much debt and leverage in the private sector, and now too much debt and leverage in the public sector, so it's a painful process of deleveraging. But the second thing that has happened, is related to debates right now about income inequality, is that, that trends are leading to higher income inequality. Leaving aside the morality of it, I think, we're redistributing income from labor to capital, from wages to profits, and from people who have a high marginal propensity to spend, who have a lot of debt like households, to those who have a higher marginal propensity to save. And when there's Redistribution occurs, you have this paradox of you have firms that have trillions of dollars of profits, trillions of dollars of cash, and are not doing any capex. Why? Because of that of the households and because of the redistribution of income, consumption growth is dynamic, and therefore there is excess capacity. Even today, Capacity utilization, only barely 80% in the United States. And therefore, firms are doing lots of profits. They've been cutting costs that are somebody else's income and spending, but they're not spending it on CapEx. So I think that income inequality has this implication of reducing demand. So to me, secular stagnation is a combination of high debt and leverage with redistribution of income and inequality that leads to slowdown of growth driven from the demand side rather than the supply side.
1: I know, I know. It was a lot there and very uh, quick delivery and difficult to digest all of it, but it is a very complicated subject. Are we doomed to slow growth for a long period of time? In other words, you know, is it secular stagnation that the West is facing? So again, a little bit more discussion in a minute. Just a couple of other news notes. I mentioned that um, Shanghai, so WH Group Limited, that is actually the world's uh, biggest pork supplier. Remember, it acquired Smithfield Foods in the United States. Well, it has cancelled the 1.9 billion dollar hong kong ipo it cited market conditions the company said it will return investors money and briefly now back to mr ha on the slower growth in china if the chinese government is serious about rebalancing the economy growth should be below seven percent but the reality is uh, the government needs to strike a balance between short-term growth and long-term reform objectives. So I'm afraid growth will still be kept around 7%. So let's say good morning to Stuart Aldcroft, senior advisor at City Investor Services. Stuart, good morning. Good morning, Brian. There's really a lot more news. I didn't go into detail on mm. uh, on GE managing to pick up Alstom, uh, but mm. I think people, you know, these these are stories that are in the papers. Uh, it's good to get to the commentary, get uh, the pithy comment, which um, I'm sure you will will be forthcoming from you. Um, As you know, <laughs> how do you feel about current market conditions, and which among the stories I mentioned uh, kind of gets your interest?
0: Well, the thing that gets my interest is the fact that there are some big uh, M&A activity going on now, Mm cross-border, U.S. to U.K., uh, within the U.S. Um, A a lot of focus is on the pharmaceutical sector at the moment. Yes. And um, you have to ask yourself, well, why is that happening right now? What's it going to do for anybody? Well, I think the key issue is that this is an area of massive growth, future growth, that the whole of the drug industry has, has remained a very positive of area anyway uh, but the bigger the company, the the bigger the investment uh, into uh, drugs and, and and new developments, and and that's why these M and A activities are going on right now.
1: And and M and A generally means a good thing for markets overall and for people who are thinking about investing because it shows that CEOs uh, they see value out there and they
0: want to acquire it. They want to put money to work. Uh, precisely, yes. And I think what we're seeing is that I mean a lot of these companies that are, are undertaking this activity actually have cash with which to do it. Uh, they've stored up a lot of cash over the, over the last few years. They haven't spent it, they haven't paid out in dividends. So they now they're trying to use it. So do you not buy into that secular stagnation thing? No. <laughs> in, a, in a word, I think I think the, I think the usual sig- signals are probably not in place, and I think we have different signals right now and, and When I hear uh, uh, Dr. Nouriel um talking as he was doing earlier, um, yeah I mean he, he wants to present a, a, a more negative picture than a positive picture that 's his stock in trade basically
1: actually he 's not really supporting it that that much he 's saying uh, that there is a lot of technic- technological innovation out there. And he ran through all of those things, nanotechnology, biotechnology, uh, so many different areas. You know, the the fracking uh, in in the United States has allowed them to probably uh, get to energy independence uh, very soon. So there is a lot of technological breakthrough, but there's a big debt overhang, and he's just saying it just takes a while to, you know, to grind through that.
0: Yes, and, and all of that has cost a lot of money, and that's been what's taken out of the companies in the last few years. Now the companies are wanting to see some of that payback. So they've got to deliver on what they've been investing.
1: So what are some of the areas that do excite you? I mean, we've seen a big sell-off in in these high flyers, and Twitter's a good example today. I mean, it, it came out with earnings that really didn't look all that bad. However, what investors are forcing now, which they weren't forcing before, is if you're a growth company, you've got to show a lot of growth, not just a little, not 5%, not 10%, not 15%, but a lot.
0: Yes, and, and you know, Twitter didn't make a profit, right? So why should anybody be invested in a company that doesn't make profits? Uh, the the yeah. issue is that it was a new technology company. Uh, it appealed to a lot of people because it has access to hundreds of millions of potential customers and, and is a way in which to get across a message. Is it capitalizing on getting it, that message? Across. Well, it would appear
1: not very well. It's a change in sentiment. It's a change in in the investor mood because you know nothing really changed all that much. It's just that they are uh, they are in the process of monetizing. Uh, rapid growth in mobile and uh, there's there's this notion that if you've got they've got 255 um, million uh, regular users users. that's active users and they've got even more when you talk about people who occasionally use it when uh, when What's her name? I didn't get much sleep last night, so her name escapes me. Ellen DeGeneres uh, did that selfie. 350 million people saw that. Now, Twitter has uh, this marketplace where advertisers can come in, and they can, in a a heartbeat, they can attach themselves to – uh, material that's moving through the system which is getting a lot of eyeballs right so this potentially down the road could be massive profits i mean google when it started it went public at 80 it went down to 18 so for those people selling twitter now you know you may want to just think out how much um, you know how fast does it take to happen because Facebook and Twitter, those are the two biggest names. Well, you've
0: you've identified immediately the competition, haven't you? Holy cow, Uh, I sound like an advocate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you probably haven't used it, right? I haven't. No, I Uh, I do, I do. uh, But, 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 uh, no, I think think the issue is that, uh, you know, you've got these companies. How how well can they convert their access into revenue? Yeah. And, And it's... It would appear as though they're not converting it into revenue as quickly as maybe the market has expected. They've got a great, they've got a great technical platform. They've got a great access. But it's the, it's the conversion into revenue that is what the market is, is currently measuring.
1: Yeah, I got a letter uh, yesterday about uh, Amazon, and um, this this writer was um, it, it was taking Barry Wood to task because Barry was, um, as he put it, uh, effusive about Amazon. And uh, I can't read the whole uh, email out, although it's not a really long one, but it's not something that it's we, a family we, program. We, right? We do no, no. he it was uh, it's very fair. Um, he says, you know, when he talks to Amazon customers, they all say the same thing: they they check around. Amazon was the cheapest, that's why they bought it. As soon as Amazon tries to raise price. You know people aren't going to use Amazon anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's all well and good for them to say look we've moved into all these areas Uh, We're growing a lot, but we're not making any profit if they want to make profit, they have to raise prices, and this guy says they'll, they'll exit the uh, customers.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. I think it's the um, – I think a, a firm like Amazon, uh, Alibaba in, in China, for example, more or less the same sort of business, um, you've got their – they've got their access to the market. They've got a, a reputation. They've got a name. They have to keep delivering on what they promise. Sure, they can't put up prices or, or not too much. But what they have demonstrated far better than anybody else is the extent to which the Internet can be used for the purchase of goods and the delivery of those goods. Now, if they can continue to do that, which clearly is is, is very important, they can convert that by just even having a, a marginal revenue increase. Um, their margins are very, very fine. Although, I have to say that it does appear as though they are expanding them a little bit. But, of course, well, for the longer they yeah. keep going, there's more competition to them.
1: Yeah, you have to say, I mean, there's not many $150 billion companies that are growing revenues 23% in a yeah. quarter. That's what they just yeah. did. But their expenses were up 23% too. Yeah. So, Okay, we need to sort of fine-tune it a little bit here. Um, what about uh, Shanghai pulling its IPO? Is that a big negative
0: for us here? Um, only for a couple of days. I think that um, the, the IPO business is all about how much confidence there is in the market. There's no confidence currently in no. the China market, as we've seen. Uh, Hong Kong is languishing around this sort of twenty three, twenty two thousand 22,000 figure. It hasn't moved ahead. Uh, there isn't a great deal of, of, of money available. And, so- and I think in, the, in this particular case with Shanghai, um, I understand a lot of sovereign wealth funds pulled out. So,
1: do, um, do you think that the slowdown that we see in China and the sell-off that we see in a lot of the growth stocks is is telling us a story that things are going to be a lot worse in six months than they are now. So, why do I want to buy stocks?
0: China remains a pretty managed economy. And uh, I heard your speaker, Dr. Uh, Mr. Ho, was it? Uh, Haji, Haji on- Ming from Goldman Sachs. Okay. Um, he, he was talking about the need for China to go below 7% uh, GDP. Uh, but the, the government is trying to keep it above 7% GDP. Most of the rest of the world will die for 7% GDP. Uh, it, it would appear as though China is slowing down. Yes, I think that is the case. Uh, but I think China is going to surprise on the upside possibly before the end of the year. But it's – Now, it, it you say surprise on the
1: upside. You mean in terms of growth the or in markets. terms of
0: progress on reform? Uh, both. Uh, th- there's a very clear willingness on the part of the government for reform. It, it is difficult to reform an economy uh, as big as China. I think the other interesting thing, which I've, uh, I-, I think we haven't focused on this morning anyway, is the forecast that the Chinese economy is going to be bigger than the U.S. before the end of this year.
1: Okay, let's bring in Wei Yao, China economist at Societe Generale. And she joins us on the phone. Uh, Wei, good morning. Good morning. We've just been talking about um, the anti-corruption drive and some of the reform efforts and whether or not um, growth overall is going to slow dramatically or not so much. Uh, what do you think?
3: Well, I, I think right now the government is still very much in control, at least for this year I can say. Um, they, um, they, the, 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 the anti-corruption campaign is one source of slowdown and at the same time they're fighting pollution. That's another source. And also all these reforms, some of them are also gross negative, but at the same time they're still keeping um, they're still having uh, some lever to pull, especially the infrastructure investment as they're doing now
1: so do you think that everything is is well within control we d- We do see um, you know slower growth, but uh, as Stuart said, um, you know growth around those levels is still very heady
3: well I think um, there is one thing may not be so well under control which is the property market. It has its own logic, it follows credit growth. Uh this is a market that the Chinese household decides what to buy, what not when to buy and when not to buy. It's not the government deciding it. So I would say if there is a downside risk it's coming from the property market. But right now it seems the per market is slowing but it's not really crashing yet. So
1: You're the perfect person to uh, put this point to and ask a question. Uh, As I understand it a lot of the wealth management products uh, issued in the past few years are maturing in the second half of this year and this could be problematic because at the moment they're issuing a lot less because the demand is down people are kind of worried maybe some of these firms might default if this happens in the second half of the year at the same time as a property uh, we get a property downturn could that be pretty uh, dangerous for the economy well actually
3: these uh uh, yes, and these, these two things are intertwined because um, I, I think for the property um, market in China, the property sales, which is the leading indicator for investment and construction and many other things, um, and also for government land sales revenue. The the sales, um, although Chinese households save a lot, but they still need to borrow, and not to mention developers need to borrow to, to, to build. So all these shadow banking credit, actually a, a big chunk of them has gone to the property sector. Now it's slowing down. It's only going to make the property market situation worse. But I
1: think the reason well, why... Doesn't, I it, said, doesn't it then yeah. mean that we'll see a lot more defaults? Because, you know, if, if it is a Ponzi scheme, you need new money to pay off the, you know, the old, uh, the old debts. Uh, and if you can't get new money uh, and you can't sell uh, much property to get new money, then you're in big trouble. Well...
3: It, mo more, more default is, is a given. I, this is definitely gonna happen. But I think for the government the key issue is when you think about policy scheme, right? Is they, 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 they borrow new money to pay old money, but they actually don't generate so much economic growth. They need to make sure the credit really go to the area that generate economic growth. So that's why I think they they keep pushing the infrastructure idea because they believe you give money for the infrastructure uh, the local governments um, will will borrow. Uh, sorry. Will build things so that still generate GDP. So, um, but but I, I think it's just gonna get more and more difficult to to keep the growth above seven percent.
1: And do you think they need to keep the growth? You know, what's the point? They they don't seem to be having a problem with unemployment, as I understand it. In the labor sector, they have a yeah. shortage of workers.
3: Sure, I, I agree with you. I don't think seven percent is something they have to meet. Um, the labor market is not the biggest issue right now, but I do think there is a point uh, to make uh, to help the financial sector. I mean, because the growth fuels default, and more default leads to more slowdown. You know, that's a vicious circle they need to stop. Um, but I think you know the government is is doing some kind of experiment as well. Okay. I, I, they probably don't know. What's the bottom line? So just, it's a it's a try and error.
1: Just now you said growth isn't the biggest issue. What is the biggest issue?
3: Um, financial stability, the systemic, the chance of a systemic uh, banking crisis. And I think that's something they worry most about.
1: And what about the RMB? What are your forecasts for future direction? And then I'll tell you a little story about what some local banks are doing here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Right now, it's just getting more and more difficult to do that forecast. But it's clear that uh, yuan is is a, a two way um, two way bet now. It's not a one way bet anymore. It's becoming more like a normal currency, which is good for the for the economy. But yeah, I understand. There's not so much good for the speculators before.
1: Yeah, I heard that some banks are now um, offering a, a deal. It's kind of an option bet uh, structured product where. You know, you bet that the REMMB will strengthen. Of course, it's weakened uh, 2.8% or so in the past right. month. But you, you bet that the REMMB will strengthen. If it does, uh, some small window worth, then they will give you 7% return. So you'll get a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, coupon on that. Uh, if it doesn't, if it goes down, you know, you get your money back, but you don't lose anything. Um, does that sound like something that um, would be attractive to people here?
3: Uh, it was. Um, in fact, there, this structure exists for a lot of other currencies. Uh, um, but the issue is that was that was perceived as a sure bet, safe bet, no risk at all. But now it is not. So so it was a safe bet. So people piling this too much, now this is causing point pain. Okay. I think from the standpoint of macroeconomics, it's actually healthy.
1: Uh, Okay, I have a late guest. I just want to pop one quick question to Stuart. Uh, The through train that was just announced uh, doesn't seem to have amounted to a hill of beans, uh, will it? No.
0: Why? Well, I I think we hear lots of these announcements from time to time, and uh, and they're just keeping the, 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 the progress moving, but it doesn't mean a great deal. I think we need to see more action. All right Stuart thanks very much for joining us. Uh, late guest
1: just arrived so we're going to slip right into that. Stuart Aldcroft senior advisor at City Investor Services and Wei Yao China economist at SoftGen joining us on the phone. Many thanks to both. So we wanted to bring in the award-winning reporter, Denise Zhang, who is uh, analysis editor at the South China Morning Post, award-winning because uh, she just uh, won an award in the uh, News Society Awards, which I was a judge in. And we wanted to talk about a series of stories that she's done recently about the Canton Fair and quality, uh, companies in, in China moving into higher quality. What's happening?
4: Well, um, good morning, uh, Brian. Well, what I what I saw in the f- Canton Fair was um, a number of exhibitors. You know, they were uh, manufacturers in the PRD Pearl River Delta, and in, they spent the past five or six years reinvented themselves. Hmm. So they moved from um, so called original equipment manufacturer into a original design uh, brand uh, manufacturer. Basically, they just don't uh, produce products for other people. So they start off creating their own brands. Right, which, then, which is,
1: let's face it, they've lagged. Yes. China has lagged in this area.
4: Yes. So they're trying to uh, sharpen areas or in, in, uh, which is their witnesses.
1: I mean, there are some brands, uh, particularly locally. A lot of mainlanders know and recognize and like their local brands, p- particularly if the quality is perceived to be of a similar level to foreign brands. But the names are not so well known outside China.
4: Yes, because they don't spend much um, resources on marketing their own brands. And for the past, they focused on the products producing for other brand names. But now they're trying to create their own brands, spend more uh, money on research and development. So this
1: is marketing. productivity. I mean, this is is really moving up the uh, value scale. It, do you think that the quality is a lot better now?
4: It's much better because for the people I talked to during the, um, the Canton Fair, uh, the buyers came from uh, Middle East. Africa and even Russia, they all talk about, you know, they, they've, they've touched the products at the fair and they felt that the finishing or even the, the design is much better.
1: What are so, some of the products? What sorts of products?
4: Well, the products I, I've seen, they were like uh, consumer products and there's some electronics products and some um, so-called high-tech products. You know, I saw a version, a Chinese version of the America's Segway, which is electric uh, scooters, you know, they were... They look very, very uh, high tech and then they, um, they display on the stage, you know, and, and the design is very brand new.
1: Does this mean that we'll see a slowdown in some uh, factories moving out of China, moving to uh, Indonesia and Vietnam? Uh, if they were leaving because uh, they needed, um, you know, to, to get cheap labor, if they can get higher quality in China, will they continue to manufacture there?
4: Well, I think it's just half half, you know. For for that trend moving out of China, I think it's still going on because of the cheaper labor elsewhere. But I think for those remaining in the PRD, they are, you know, they turning higher level of automation.
1: So if people people are leaving now, they might be leaving in the um, low uh, labor areas like um, maybe textiles and shoes. Yes. But for lots of other products, um, they would continue. To, for for instance, high end furniture or something would continue to be made in China.
4: I think so. I. Agree. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, you came in late. We have to cut it short. But are you optimistic and and uh, flesh it out 20 seconds?
4: I think so. Well, um, you know, the the trend is like the fit, you know, the survival for the fittest. For now, those companies remain in the PRD. They are of higher quantities. They are of bigger size and they have a higher level of automation and higher technology level.
1: All right, Denise. Um, thanks very much. Um and congratulations on your award. And um, we'll have to cut it there. That's, uh, that's the show for today. Denise Young, analysis editor at the SCMP. Markets uh, are higher, but you wonder how long it'll last because Twitter did send a strong message. Growth is out there, but it's not that strong. However, maybe it's just company specific. Nikkei up two thirds of a percent in Australia and Seoul. Markets moving up about uh, two tenths of one percent. Weather today mainly cloudy with a few showers. Showers to become more frequent. It's kind of going to be an ugly day. Thunderstorms expected and lightning tomorrow. Occasional heavy rain and thunderstorms expected. Temperatures ranging up to about 25 degrees today. That's it for today. This is Money for Nothing. With Etienne Lammy Smith. The head of
0: Legco's railway subcommittee, Michael Tien, says the government must set up an independent inquiry into why Hong Kong's high speed rail link has been delayed by at least a year until 2017. He was speaking after the MTR's board of directors set up its own committee to look into why it hadn't been clearly informed.